Hello mate, how are you? Good. How fantastic, are you? fantastic. Thanks for having me, my friend. It's great to be up in Brisbane again. Um, I would say sunny, but know, it's not it's quite like, sunny at the moment, mate. I get a feeling a lot of people from back home are going to do this as well. And they're yeah. going to be like, we're expecting to do it on the beach. We're both dressed in bloody... Well, we could, be in, we could be in Wales or we could be in London. It's one of the two, mate. Uh, it literally looks like it as well. It's like, I'd say, yeah, I don't know, Brickwood maybe a little bit posh. The only thing, the only thing that... Is, it's just grey. Is it grey? But it, it, yeah, that's it. Is it's what it very is. Very grey. We had a little trickle of rain earlier, but it's like it's just grey. Sunshine state, mate. I know, definitely not sunshine state. All right, sweet. Bit of an icebreaker. I'm gonna put you on the spot with your five favourite songs. Oh yeah, go on then. You rounded off literally like. Bum, bum, too, bum, bum, too quick, mate. I, there's no point messing around. I don't uh, mess about. So go on, mate. Explain your five. Songs. Well, my five favorite, my fa- five favorite songs. Uh, I start with Wonderwall from Oasis. Uh, pure geezer banter factor, really. Um, whenever I'm in a pub or see live music or a guitarist, it's the first thing me and my mates go up and ask for. It's a classic. Uh, and it's a big one with um, me and my boss Christian Tognini. So we are often in certain establishments where they do do live music and it's the first thing we uh, shout out when they say requests and I've sung it a few times myself 100% as if you haven't I have many a time that's why I was laughing when you said it I was like yes 100% didn't we do this in Sydney? Sydney? yes yes I put it on a jukebox three times actually I think a few of them are in this as well Uh, next one Sweet Caroline Neil Diamond many many things Uh, it's, it's a big boxing song uh, which I'm a massive fan of. And um, I actually did a charity boxing match in April, and that was my walkout song. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I just have very good memories of that song. And obviously, England in the uh, Euros and in the World Cup for the football, uh, the nation took it over, and I think I uh, f- definitely felt the, the love from the song. So that's <laughs> that one, that's for sure. But we took it to a different level with that song, mate. Took it to a different level. Uh, What was the next one? Uh, Sitting on the dock of the bay. Don't know why I like that one so much, but whenever I hear it, it just calms me. Yeah, it's just like, I I don't even think the whistle is too long. Like, I'm like, no, I can keep going with this. Like, I can listen to it, keep going. And you just shut your eyes and you just feel like you're in like, I don't know, like a seaside town in America and you just sit, yeah, sitting on the dock of the bay, really. Yeah. Um, what was my one? Uh, I think the fourth was, I think it was Angels. I think it was too. With Robbie Williams, yeah. Um, never got to see Robbie, but I take a lot of my, um, music's very important for me in terms of like, even when I'm in the salon, it's, there's got to be a beat, there's got to be something to it. Angels isn't that, I get that, but... Yeah. What I take from music I, it is from in the hair way as well, where even when I'm on stage, I remember when I first got on, on the stage doing my first show at Hair Expo, and I tried to stick to a, a script. Shit. Yeah. Oh my God, I fumbled. I didn't, it was too structured for me. Yeah. Um, so I struggled with that. 
And I, I had to think of different ways of how, how to be better at what I was doing, because I wanted to do a lot more of it. And 10 years later, I, I have done a lot more of it. And I'm, But one of the reasons is, is because I looked at different performers and different people in music, the way that people held themselves in press conferences, like with the boxing and stuff like that. Like, And Robbie Williams, was ma he's a massive entertainer. I was gonna say, it's, uh, yeah, he's up there with one of the best, isn't he? 100%. Like, and Angels for me is an iconic song that, and the other reason I like Robbie as well, I know it's going down music way, but I like the underdog. Like, yeah. So when he was in Take That and he was kicked out for being the druggie, the, the misunderstood or whatever, like the bad, bad egg of them. And then he was on his ass, pulled out two songs, flopped, and then he was gonna give up, did Angels, and look what's happened to his career. So uh, for, for a man, like, I, I like that. Uh, I like to see someone do well from nothing. And he had everything, lost it all, and gained it back in, yeah. and some. So for that reason, that was that. Um, and then I, I'm just gonna change my fifth, I think. I'm gonna go, uh, I'm forever blowing bubbles, mate. Oh, yeah. You know what, when you sent me the five, originally. It was out of that or I did it my way, yeah. by Frank. See, I mean, I've got Frank Sinatra tattooed on me, so. Oh, there you go, yeah, yeah. So Yeah, same as me, so yeah. that's perfect. So it's like everything's about music, and I think it really shows people the kind of person they, they are. They are, 100%. Um, like, it, it was one thing I, I always tell like Pete, who edits this podcast, he said to me, he was like, we always used to do this at the last bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, nah, 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 fuck that. Do it Start at the beginning, yeah. Like, it's a great icebreaker, and it, it kind of, people go like, oh, I never thought he would have liked Frank Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, I, I've actually just finished watching today The Offer. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, it's all about the mafia and the mob. Like, I didn't realise the story that how Frank Sinatra was involved in that. Yeah. Like, it's, it's crazy. But I love lives. Like, I'm a very autobiography. Like, as I just said to you then, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like, there's, a, there's an amazing one called James English that I love. He's a Scottish guy in the UK. And he, and he doesn't just do celebrities. What he does, he, he does it with people of the underworld and... Uh, people who have come good like from bad and ex-boxers and ex-footballers like ex-drug dealers ex like all that sort of stuff because I find that everyone's got a story yeah, exactly. and that's why I like the 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 underdog like I like that sort of side it's not all about the the one directions of this world do you know what I mean where it's over well, exactly. that they've been made to be that character yeah. like I like people who just it's raw and yeah. that's that's what I like the best well, that, that's, that was wonderful. I think a lot of people can see stuff on social media and stuff. Oh, yeah. definitely. Even though we spoke about Yeah, it, yeah, yeah big time. And it was like, it's definitely one thing which I want to try and get across to people that not everyone, like you can see some people on Instagram, like we, we've had like influencers on there and stuff like that. And I tell them like, I can guarantee some people would think, what an absolute knobhead. Yeah, and yeah. And you come on here and speak normal and they go, oh, actually. Not too bad. Person, 100%. Yeah. Again, watching things that like I'd, do watch a lot of TV. Uh, the Formula One thing. I thought Lewis Hamilton's yeah, yeah. been a prick for many years. Yeah. And oh my God, what a nice geezer. I was like, 100%. you've just changed my view on you, yeah. like within a program. So I'm not on here to, uh, <laughs> what is the word? Defend my character on Instagram. But to be fair, like I, I've come across so many people who have, who have met me after making an assumption on me and realized that I wasn't 
I wasn't the person that they thought I was going to be either. And I'm, and I'm quite proud of that. But I also, uh, it's, again, it's one of them, it, this is an industry where it is Chinese whispers, mate. Yeah. Like, so people do have an opinion on you, then that person will talk to that person, and that person will talk to that person. And it's like, do you know what? For many years, I, I felt like I wanted acceptance and like people to like me and I was doing everything possible and I and then it got to a point where maybe two three years ago I just let go of that like completely and I was like if you like me you like me if you don't you don't but make the assumption and opinion on me once you've met once me you've met. exactly because it is it's I mean it, I can see where people would have that assumption of you because of how well you've done yeah you know uh, what I mean by that like yeah. they would see you and like <coughs> You're up for all the awards. Yeah. You've done a round sort of stuff. You're excellent managers. People would go, freak. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, nah, definitely, yeah. But also, no, nah, definitely. And I agree with that, like, to a certain degree. Like, 100%. But also... Yeah, jealousy. Jealousy is... And I've had it. I've been jealous of people. And I've gone, how, how the fuck is that person there? Or how, why are they doing that? Why aren't I doing it? Like, And then I realised, after a while... I wasn't good enough mm. and I think sometimes you've got to understand when you're good at something when you're not yeah. and I wasn't good being on stage at a certain point I wasn't uh, wasn't as charismatic or I didn't know myself enough to be as good as I could because I didn't I didn't know how to act when really what I should have been doing was just be myself because yeah. Yeah, exactly. that's what sells it like, I'm not be, I'm not being what do I say here um, <laughs> when 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 no, I don't give a shit. Let's go raw. Like I, I watch enough podcasts. Of, these are the best bits. But like I know for a fact, like I don't rub everyone up the right way. But I wouldn't treat you any differently to what I would treat my mates outside. Like and and I've and uh, what I've what I realised was the, sal- the salon's a bit like that. Like look, I. Sometimes I get on the wrong side of people, staff, or vice versa. It's not always it's not always one way traffic, and this is brutally honest, by the way. Um, and I and I just think to myself, my life is you. You are a very small part of my life yeah. <laughs> that isn't any relevance to to what is the overall picture. Yeah. So the problem that we would have, which is very minute. I would forget it the next day anyway, yeah. and it wouldn't be massive. Yeah. Like so, and I know that if I leave that salon and I feel like I can leave with my head held high, then I'm sweet. But there's a lot of people that can't hold their hands up and say when they've done something wrong. Yeah. And I think that's a that. And I f- I found that massively with. I've only been in this industry. Well, I did start off two other things before this, but like I've been in this for the longest, and I and I find that it's a big thing in this industry when you've done something wrong. They can't admit when they've done yeah. something wrong, and I and I and I find that it'd be a so much easier place if you if you get something wrong, put your hands up. Yeah, that's and that, that's in life as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? 100%. So well, I that's what that. I mean, how old are you? Yeah, same as me. Yeah. Exactly. Like we we both moved here. At, you moved here 17 years ago, yeah. yeah? 
Yeah, I've been here 10 since I was 22. Did you yeah. come out with your family? Yeah, I got lucky. Yeah, see, I didn't. Yeah. Like, so it's two different pathways. Exactly. And when, when I first started, can I do this and I'll do this bit? Well, I was about to ask you, yeah. so it's good. Yeah, yeah. Going. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when I first started hairdressing, um, basically what happened was uh, my mum moved to another side of London and she, but I just got um, a hairdressing job uh, in, on the, the other side that I was on. So basically I went to keep that. It's just like as a tea and tidy, I was on 75 pound a week, which is 130 bucks a week. Um, and my mum said, you got to leave the job, you're, you're coming with us because you're too young. I was six, no, 17 at the time. I was like, no, nah, um, I've always been a bit of a stubborn bastard. So if I, if I want something, I'll, I'll keep it. But there was something about it that when I first started, uh, she, so anyway, I went into digs. I got a, uh, that's a lie. I'm going to tell a full story. So I, I was sleeping on a few mates' sofas for a long time. My mum was not happy with this, by the way. I had a good upbringing in terms of my mum did the best by me. But... She, she was not happy that I was doing it, but I was that clued on staying in this, in this salon. I was like, I'm not, I'm, I've got to do anything possible I can. So basically I doing sofa surfing, but I was taking my bags into to the salon every, every day, yeah. like, and going to the council and uh, get my number, going up to the desk. And I used to say that I was homeless. Yeah. So just to get, try and get a youth hostel or something yeah. like that. Um, Basically, it took two months, and my story was this is you could count this as fraud, really, couldn't you? But I was saying, I was saying that I was living, um, I was saying that I was living under a canal. Like I wasn't living in the conditions that any seventeen-year-old should be living yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, but to keep my to keep my job, that's that's what I did, yeah. and that was from a young age. And like, so finally, after two months, they sent me to a soup kitchen, which was in a church. Went into this church. What a dickhead, like, I like my nice stuff. So I still had all my, my gear, like, nice coat, like, trainers, fresh, yeah. like, headphones, blah, blah. I've walked in, I've gone, oh, I've made a right fucking rickety ear. And I've walked in and I took the coat off, hid the fucking headphones. And then all these homeless people were in there, obviously. And, like, I was going around, I was talking to them. And this is a 17-year-old, wide-eyed kid, like, I was I was quite knowledgeable. Like I weren't I weren't daft as a kid either. Like I was quite well well aware of what everything was at that time. So, but what I felt bad was that, that I was going in and I knew that I wasn't quite homeless. But if if it helped me out, I would yeah. do it. And uh, I was going around asking for all their stories and stuff like that. They was telling me how to live like on the homeless, like go to bakeries like late at night. They're chucking all the stuff out, all this stuff, and I'm like. Wow, and then there was this other guy, there was this guy that I'll never forget, and he was a high court judge, gambler, alcoholic, most like articulate person I've ever heard talk. And I was like, wow. But he looked like, unfortunately, he'd had a tough gig. Like, so obviously he was homeless, lost his wife, lost his kids, like house, blah, blah, blah. And he was telling me all these stories, and I was like, fuck, you know. Anyway, crack on. When managed to get this youth hostel, there was 75 people in it. It was in a um, in a council estate in Hayes Town, in West London, and I don't know what, if it was. It's, it's still there because I've checked. And basically, I got my mum to bring my stuff up, 
and it was twelve pound a week. I put my TV in, and all these like lads were like, <laughs> like I'm it, basically from the manor, so like proper boys who would fucking take your stuff off you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I'm taking up this widescreen TV, but not like nowadays. It was them ones with the big fucking back on it, yeah? So mum, mum's taking it with me. They're, everyone's looking at this TV. I'm thinking this is getting fucking robbed tomorrow. Like, anyway, so she's come in, she's put the stuff down. She's crying. I'm sitting on the bed. This, this room was tiny as well, but it had a sink in it, a bed, wardrobe, desk, and my TV at this point. It was shared bathroom as well. So anyway, I did that. She left, I cried my fucking eyes out. And I was like, what am I doing? It was an hour and a half, bus, two buses to, to this salon for 75 pound a week. Anyway, saved up enough. And then we had our Christmas do. Went to that, came back that night, got to the car park at a hostel. There'd been a shootout at the Christmas dinner at the hostel. Like I'm, so this is like 17 year olds. And this is what I'm saying. I'm not saying, do you know what? Not everyone's got it easy. They, they get very easy these days sometimes, yeah. you know? And I just think, what? not saying, oh, poor me, what did I go through? But I did go through a lot for it. And I'm like, so when I see people, like, taking taking too many, like, sick days is an easy day now for me. Like, and I, and I get really frustrated. So I'm like, why? But if I didn't work, I didn't get paid, which means I couldn't pay for the hostel. And it was only £12 a week, but... I had to go to the pub, mate. Do you know what I mean? So I needed money for that as well. But like, so a like three hour round trip for a 17 year old to go back to a hostel that was full of like druggies and drunks and whatever. Anyway, I did that. Did my, then I went to another salon and it was one of the best places. I walked in that place and I realized why I wanted to do hairdressing because I didn't want to do it at first. Yeah. Like you can hear how I talk. Most people know me from Instagram, how I am, or if you've met me, it's very football, laddie, geezer, should be on a building site or doing something yeah. naughty. <laughs> right? yeah. But for some reason, I saw, I went into this salon called Hans, H-A-N-N-S, and I met a, a guy who was my boss at the time. He ran out after me, to, after my, I dropped my CV and he went, and he was exactly like me, he was 20, well, in terms of, I looked up to him like a big brother. And he had, he was 27, just bought that shop. It was brand new. He had about 12 staff. Yeah. There, there was other people like me, like blokes. And, but then there was like gays and girls. And I was like, this is not the normal world that I've come from. So it was a completely weird, weird time. And then basically got the job there. And as soon as I picked up a pair of scissors, that was it for me. Yeah. I could have chucked the color brush straight away. Yeah. No joke. Like, <laughs> I was, I'd go hiding. And I wasn't the best apprentice, don't get me wrong. But if I had to work, I'd work. But like, also, I hate washing hair now. Yeah. Like, that's my worst thing I can do, yeah. right? Are you the same? I love it. You love washing hair? No. Nah, man. Like, so, it, funny story, <coughs> I'll, t I'll tell you why I hate washing hair, right? Because right. my mum's been hairdressing 43 years, I think it is. Yeah. First Yeah. So ever since I hated it. When you first did your first one, how w how did you feel when you did it? Same. I've, I thought I was hurting them. Yeah. Yeah. So I was doing it really soft. And I remember my boss was just like, "Fucking scrub the head," and I was like, "Whoa, man!" Like it was insane. But yeah. So I hate washing hair. That's like it's kind of like an unwritten. Well, it's a it's a rule now because KT Christian, my boss has sort of said, 
I don't have to if I'm, if someone's free. Because at the end of the day, uh, but when I was an apprentice there, I loved it because in London they tip. So it, that was an extra bit of money on top of my £75 a week. So I did that. And you'd get like five pound here, te- like ten pound, because it's in London. Like you get good tips, and um, and then I'd always see like the hairdressers get tips, and I was like, fucking hell, if I'm getting that here, yeah. wait until I'm cutting hair. So I'd sit, I'd stand behind my boss Kieran and watch him cut hair constantly. Like graduated Bob, I was just like, wow, like to see that. And it, that's that's the thing. Like it, it, it's weird for me to even talk about it so passionately because it's weird how. It, it took over like because I didn't ever think when my mum first said hairdresser I said no and I'm gonna be politically incorrect here I was like it's for gays and girls I don't deserve I don't I don't I shouldn't be in that and then I was like when I when I went into it I'm gonna be brutally honest I I wasn't around many gay people that I knew at that time they might be now I don't know or but I didn't know how to act or like and then I ended up making really good friends with another guy that I worked with in London called James. Unfortunately, he passed away now. He was he was older, but and uh, he he was a great hairdresser, well a colour master, uh, whatever it was. But he taught me a lot, like about that that culture, yeah. and I was really grateful for that because he would take me into Soho and stuff like that, and we'd go into bars. And then again, just like how I said earlier, just to be myself. I didn't have to try and, I wasn't trying to be anyone else or just be yourself and then people will take you either way. It doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, girl, yeah. whatever, just be a genuine, nice person. Yeah. That's all it is. Like, I don't care about what you are or what, how, how you are, what your beliefs are. If you're nice to me, I'm nice back to you. You'll and exactly, that's yeah. exactly right. So that's that anyway, but yeah. So I know you kind why you hairdressing from the start? What was your why behind that? Was it purely because you kind of got pushed into it or was it something like, oh, hang on? I wasn't good at school. Yeah. Like, I, I was, nothing. I say sick days earlier about apprentices. I was sick a lot when I was at school, mate. <laughs> like, terrible. Um, and then my, I, I played, a, played a bit of football, decent level. Um, and then that didn't quite come off. And then I went into carpentry with my cousin, with a firm, and like, I look at tradesmen over here and I go, fuck me, you've got it nice, like in terms of good weather, like, it's not pissing down and raining in the mornings. Like when I, when my, when my, my cousin picked me up in the van, it was pitch black, it was 6 a.m. in the morning, we went to Price's job up, he's gone in, he's run over with his fucking coat over his head because it was pissing down and rain. This old duck's come out and he's like quoting up a job to do um, a bit of carpentry. And I looked around the van and it was, I looked at me for a start and I was like, I look like a fucking mess. I looked dirty. I had shit all over me. There was fag packets everywhere. McDonald's, yeah, both was, could have been mine, but it, that's, that's how it was. And I just looked at him and I, I just, and I'm like, this can't be it for the rest of my fucking life. Yeah. And I went home that day and I went, and mum had asked me about hairdressing before and I, I said what I said earlier. And then she went, well, think about it girls, social life, business opportunities, you can travel, you can like meet new people, money opportunities, business opportunities, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'll give it a go. So that's when I walked into that. So I'm like, I ended up doing it uh, for as long as I've been doing it now. And 
yeah, I, I owe a lot to it. Um, I didn't, I didn't realise, but mum was so right on so many levels. Like, I've <laughs> met girls through here, just yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> like, like, I've travelled to the other side of the world ten years ago, 2012. Like, I, uh, I, I have had business opportunities. I've, I've educated, like, all this stuff that my mum has put to me that time when I was younger has all come true. So I, I owe a lot of my career to my mum. And I, and I won something a few years ago and I got up there and I just said, like, just short speech, believe it or not, after this podcast. But I just said, look, and, and thanks mum, like, you can finally put me on the fucking fridge. Yeah, and I said that, like, because I wasn't the best kid growing up. I was a bit of a fucking nightmare, different reasons and whatever, but um, I wasn't, wasn't great for her, so I wanted to make. If I, when I come into hairdressing, I was like, I'm gonna fucking give everything a good, good crack. And finally, when I won that, because I was up for that five years in a row, I felt like Leonardo DiCaprio for yeah. at the fucking Oscars at one point. Like I was yeah. like, it's gonna be your year. It's gonna be your year. It's starting to become that way with the fucking hair expo now. But like, <laughs> one year I'll get it. But that's the other thing. Like with losing, like for me. People, like, they come up to you, don't they? And I see hairdressing, I do see it as a job. Yeah. Like, I see it as a great career and I've, and I've done very well out of it so far and I, and I, and I will continue to do so. And I, and I do work hard, but I also do see it as a job. Yeah. I don't, it used to be a love, to be fair. It was, because I, I felt like it saved, saved my life, really, yeah. because I, it could have been a completely different story for me. Like, um, but it, the love went, probably about five years ago, when I realised that I was meeting people that that they didn't seem like they loved it, that it was a job. And that is a perception of people again. Like, I saw all over social media, it looked like it was the be all end all of their life. And I'd meet them and I'd go, you're just seeing it as a job as well. And then I was like, but that's all I see it as really. So the love went, not that the hard work went, but that, that real love for it, like that. And now I, I still love doing what I'm doing. The, I love cutting hair, I love teaching it, I love educating and all that stuff. But the, that that burning love that I had for it, probably, that's a majority thing as well. Like I think you, the older you get, it's not it can't be a love thing. You have to look financially as well. Like everyone likes making money. Like, and I say that in all my classes. So the, the way I educate to cut hair is so then you can do things quicker and better with, Absolutely. so quality and quantity. So that, that's the way I help my students to make money, is let's do things quick and smart, but still make it look quality. Yeah. Whereas before it used to be like, I'll do this for free, I'll do that for free. I'm like, I'm fucking 32 now, yeah. mate. I'm not, I'm not doing anything for free anymore. I think people have got to really work out their values yeah. because the, the, you can't ring up the fucking electricity bill and say, sorry, yeah, I did a really good haircut though. Yeah. Like, it doesn't work. So exactly. if, you're, if you're talented enough to make money from it, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. you got to use that. Yeah, that's a very good point. I like that. I think our students will pick up on that as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I think, like what you said, my mum has said it all along. It's a job at the end of the day. Like, yeah, she's used it as a career, but technically her hairdressing job-wise was not really that long. Same thing happened. Mm. Just, she was so passionate about it. She was the um, assistant Oh yeah, yeah. So, Leather pants. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that's when it was at its like peak, and she just goes like, uh, but it's funny now it's starting to come around a little bit now because I'm in it. Yeah. That love's kind of come back a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very different. It's, it's 100% a different love for it. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, let's, I'll put, explain it to you a bit differently. You know when you like, first with your missus and you're just like, like it's more of a lust. It's like lovers. Like it's not love at that time. It's lust. It's a bit like a girlfriend. It's it's like you lust it at first, and you're like, this is all new, and all all the bright lights, and everyone's having, looking good, leaving, music's pumping, drinks are going, whatever. All the parties are happening as well. And then all of a sudden, you get a bit older, and it's like, I still love you. <laughs> still, still, still want to do all the rest of it. But <laughs> you know what I mean. But it's um, it is. Yeah, it's like, yeah, come on, babe, we'll just go cinema tonight. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to go and do the part, partying all the time, and yeah, it's a different love. It is a Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I think when you you're a young hairdresser, I know for me anyway, like it used to make me want to go out. Yeah. Like I, you'd hear all the stories and you'd hit. Like I know I work in a very affluent area of the valley in uh, Brisbane, and everyone's going to these nice places and mm. like I'm thinking, oh, I want to do that. So as soon as I finish work, I'm going to go there or and. And I, I was ending up out, and this, this is only until about four years ago, but I'd maybe, yeah, well, COVID, yeah, about four years ago, I was out four nights a week. Yeah. And I, I'd i love a pub, mate. So, yeah. like, I'm drinking, I was going into work, not drunk, because I, can, I could handle my, yeah. like, drink, yeah. but, like, you're not on it, you know what I mean? So, I was going to work, and I wasn't on it, and then in the last, like, three, four years or whatever, I started definitely calming it down. And, I, and my work has got better. Yeah. Like the way I present myself is a lot better. The way that I hit targets are better. Mm. Like that going out, it does it does sort of fade out. And I think that is a maturity thing. Is it's an age thing. Like I was just we were just talking about football. Yeah. Like I played yesterday. I've gone. You know, I don't know if I could do that for for the, for too much longer because my body can't take it. Yeah. It's the same thing with going out and having that balance between. Your, your life and drinking or whatever you're doing and then going into work the next day because it's, it's hard, like, it's very hard. See, I find the same thing about work, especially with what you're doing, like hairdressing. I know my mum said it from day one. She was like, if you're looking for a career of 30, 40, 50 years of cutting hair, like, yeah. your body's going to be a mess. Do, do I see myself doing that? Yeah. No. Because, yeah. like, I love what you've got here. Like, you're set up in terms of the academy and stuff like that, that's that's your future. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, where you can, you might be able to sit, you don't have to be on the tools all the time. Like, I've always said, <laughs> when I'm like 55, if I'm not done well enough to have an academy or yeah. do something like that, put me in a little barber shop <laughs> with a TV like that, yeah. football table, football table, dartboard, and just let people, come in talk football talk sports because i like i 
it, I don't care what anyone says, when you're in a salon, you are an actor. Yeah. Like, and as I said, I know, be yourself, but when you're, when you're with a different client every 45 minutes, you have to be an actor. You, you need to be able to turn it on and off. And I've always wanted to be in EastEnders, so. <laughs> I've, I've always wanted to be in the Queen Vic and just sort of give that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I see the same as education, right? Like, I, I chat about this month all the time. When I started 11 years ago in education, my mom told me, she goes, you need to improve your acting skills. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you've got to be able to go, oh, well, yeah, this was what I drank, man, I did this and this and this, but let me just have a little, a little bit more research. On yeah, it's in my bag. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we get them all the time. The product people, like, you've always got one in our salon where they'll go, and what's the pH level? And then I'm looking at a poor, poor bird, and I'm like, oh, she's not, she don't know this one, and she's like. Can I get back to you? It's in my bag, and I'm like, oh, bless you. You know what I mean? Like, and it's a it's a human error. Like, yeah. like you're not a computer. You are gonna get things wrong sometimes. So that that's that's fine. But like, as I said earlier, you got to own your mistakes, and that's one of them things. Sometimes it's more funny as well. Yeah. I, I think. It's definitely more funny. Yeah. yeah like I, I love the fact. I know we caught up at Hair Festival about this, but just the fact that you're gonna have fun. Yeah. Definitely. No. Like, uh, and I think that's where we get along with that kind of. You just gotta have a laugh. Like I'm all for the serious point of it. Yeah. Look, <laughs> I know what you're talking about, and like everyone has got their own point. But as I said earlier, the perception I had of like certain people from what I've seen on social media and stuff like that, and I met them at the hair festival. This is a few different people as well. I was like, fucking hell, you're nothing like what I thought. And that's good and bad. Yeah, exactly. Like, there was, two, there was two different sides to it. And I was like, so, I know, I kind of want to allude to it, but I don't know. <laughs> but, like, a couple of lads, are, <laughs> they're pretty, pretty good at what they do. They're, and they're amazing at what they do. But when, what they, what they, what they come across as on, like, it's very, it's powerful, it's powerful stuff. But then I'm thinking, I wonder what, if he has a fucking lager, yeah. like, or as a, as a drink, as a bit of a, as a bit of a giggle, like, and things aren't so serious. And I met him and I was like, you fucking can, yeah. so do it. Like, yeah, like yes, yeah, exactly. And yeah, like, great lads, and you know what I'm talking about. But, um, and as I said, they are amazing at what they do. And I was like, I was very proud to have a drink with them and say I had a good conversation with them yeah. because it's sort of like I knew how good they were and I just wanted to see if they had that fun side as yeah. well. And they did, and I, and I was pretty pleased. See, I, I think, like, it's funny. Obviously, we'll talk about it. We stuff with excellent matches. Yeah. Well, but that's something we've been trying to kind of collaborate with since we started. I always thought that's the fun side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, I, I think I was putting Wonderwall on the jukebox. Yeah, I don't think yeah. so. But I just went up to Pete randomly, never met Pete before. Yeah. Right? And then just, and just said to him, I was like, oh, look, Garrison, Barbara, Kennedy. He goes, oh, I know exactly who you are. Like, yeah. I love what you guys do. 
we definitely need to catch up. Let's probably do it when it's over. And I was like, yeah, that's a very good point. But hey, he was still, he was pissed as well, so that one. Oh, you steal it. Yeah, I think it was actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's seeing that side to it, and that's what we really want to show as an academy as well. It's like, yeah, we are like we're serious at what we do, but geez, we can have a laugh. Yeah. Especially like a good old fashioned ease up. Like we had an open day twelve months ago now on the Gold Coast, which we're well overdue another one, and it was like we had a DJ there, like the place was bouncing. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what you want. I said this to one of the boys who we're talking about. I was like, how good is it that we just got to go like, let's just put our air down. Yeah. Just be like, let's just get. And like, fucking didn't they? I and know, I love exactly. that. That's so good. <laughs> exactly. But it was great to be around those people as well in the industry who I was like, oh yeah, geez, he don't mind a piss up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it's definitely like, um, I don't know if respect's the right word, but I feel a lot more like comfortable in going like, oh yeah, they're, they're kind of like me. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But that's the thing, you should never feel uncomfortable. At the end of the day, they're f we're, we're just fucking hairdressers. Yeah. Like, that is all we are. Yes, we enjoy what we do. Yes, we make people look good. But do you know what? We're all in the same fucking boat. Yeah. Like, no one should think they're better than anyone else. Like, that when people say to me, like, with the, like, I don't know, there's no other way to put it, but when you are in your walls and you don't win, you lose. Yeah. Like, and people always say to, like, I never think, Mine was better than that. Mine yeah. was like, I, I don't, because I don't, yeah. it doesn't, I'm just proud of what I put out there. If it wins, fucking great. Exactly. If it doesn't, I'm happy forever wins. Yeah. And I think that's, a, that's, a, that's where it ties in with sport, like with the football. I lose or win every week. Yeah, exactly. So I think I'm used to that side of it. Yeah. And to even just see your name up there and your work, that's a win for me. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say exactly the same thing, mate. It's like, from a marketing point of view, huge for you. Massive, yeah. Um, like Billy, our apprentice, who was up for Apprentice of the Year, I was like, mate, the fact that you were actually nominated for this, yeah. fucking nuts. I was like, coming from a barber college as well. And getting into that. I was like, mental. I don't think you really like realised that until he was there. There. Yeah. And then that fucking screen, mate, all I was thinking was, football would look wicked on that screen. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think same as well, yeah. I was like, that was ridiculous. Yeah, no, FIFA would be fine. Yeah, exactly, yeah, it would. But, yeah, like, we, like I, and that's the thing with the apprentice thing you just said. I didn't even get to that point at that age. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I weren't even, my head weren't screwed on. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't think of anything other than going to work, doing as much as I could at work, and then going out on the piss yeah. when I could. Like, that was life for a long time. So, it wasn't until about 25 when I started entering, and as I said, I was up for uh, Rising Male uh, for the Hotshots team yeah. five years in a row. And I was like, fucking hell, I'm going to be too old by the time I get in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think I got in it in the last year. And it, and it was the best feeling. It was the best. It, there's no better feeling that than, than that second when they say, and the winner is. Yeah. And you're waiting. And when they say your name, you don't hear your name. Yeah. Because everyone's around you and they just jump on you. And you're like, fuck me, this is insane. Exactly. It's, I mean... I know we've spoken about it before on previous podcasts, kind of like, oh, this is going to sound bad. I think it's an Aussie mentality of like, it, as long as you're taking part. Yeah. Which is nuts because when I first grew up, my dad basically just said to me, if you're losing, yeah. Shit. Yeah, next like, time do better. Exactly. Like, you've got to win. <laughs> yeah. End of. Um, 
But I always, I remember growing up, like I played cricket and like rugby with a couple of my mates and like Australia was always the one. They fucking won everything. Everything, yeah, yeah. So I thought when I moved here, I was like, they're going to be so fucking competitive. Like, if it's win, such a good community. The hair community here is amazing. Yeah. Like, I know I've just said a few things that like people, <laughs> I don't know. In terms of on an overall scale, it is very good. Everyone's quite welcoming to a certain degree. Some are very good friends of mine now, and some are an acquaintance. Like, yeah. it, it, but on the overall, it's a very good community. 100%. I think hair festivals show that off. Definitely. Like, I was like, that was class. Like, you know, um, it's one thing which my mum, again, she's got some blowing sort of grass now, but she always used to say to me, yeah. I used to go to Redkin uh, tribe nights. I think they were yeah. when I first started. Fuck me, there were some good parties there. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and and my first ever idol in hairdressing. Yeah. You you might know this is Lee Stafford. Yeah. So I proper geezer. The way he spoke on GMTV, yeah. like which is like Sunrise or whatever. He used to be like the celebrity hairdresser. Bit of a lad, started cutting hair in his front room, blah, blah. He used to do all them shows, but he was my first idol anyway. And I just remember seeing, like, it It was like, your salon would be there, their salon would be there. He, and you didn't fucking talk to each other. I was like, this is fucking boring. I was like, because I'd be like, no, yeah, fuck it. I fancy her, I want to go and talk to her. No, you can't do that, they're from that salon. I was like, oh, bollocks. Like, I just want to have a laugh. Like, I'm 17, 18, like, who cares? But I couldn't, get, I couldn't grasp that because that's not the world I'm from. Yeah. It was like, you walk into a pub, you can go and talk to anyone. Exactly. Like, I didn't understand it. Like, and people say, oh, well, it's like that on building sites as well. I've worked on building sites. If, if there's a problem, it gets fucking sorted very quickly. Like, whereas the hairdressing industry, it gets so dragged out. And it's like Chinese whispers over and over. And I'm like, just go to the source. Find out what the problem is. So in terms of community, though, over here, 10 times better. Yeah. I'd agree. I'd been amazing like especially having like obviously the hair academy as well as the barber academy it's like because obviously i have no previous experience in hair yeah i got into hair because my mum was sick basically i started cutting hair because she was in hospital and i was like the only way i could talk to my mates was like butchering that fair play mate so i was kind of like that was six and a half years ago i think it was and i was just doing shit haircuts but i was talking to my mates they didn't even realize nah. what yeah. But that's the way I was doing it. So, um, yeah, I Blagging it. told my mum, and then she was like, Oh, you should be a barber. And I was like, Yeah, actually, I think it It's not like a bad it. idea, yeah. Um, couldn't get into any colleges or anything, and she was like, Oh, fuck it, we'll make it our own. Fucking like, fair yeah. play. Whatever, and I was like, As if you would. And then went back in the next week, and she'd come up with the logo, the name. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man, that's so, so good. It's, it's pretty funny how we got into it, and like, uh, it's just fucking mental, but it's literally been the best thing. Like confidence wise, like the people that I've met. Yeah. Like it, it's amazing. Like even like we were on the piss, I don't even think we actually introduced each other. It was just a jukebox went on and then it was like Yeah. Right. I, I think I was like, Have you got any change with this thing, man? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Sweet Caroline's going on. So yeah, it was um, it was amazing. Anyway, back to you. How did the whole move to Australia come about? Um, I was in a relationship with, uh, I met an Aussie chick in Shepherd's Bush Walkabout. Um, and then, 
oh, it was good. And then they shut it down the following year. They were a bit gutted about that. Big one in Shepherd's Bush, massive institution. I, I worked at Westfield uh, Shopping Centre at that time, Westfield, London. So it was very, there was a salon called Ginger Group at that time, it was. And yeah, she, I met her and we was together about two or f I think it's three years. And then she went to come back to us. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Australia was never on my fucking radar, mate, yeah. to be honest. Like at the time, I was um, West Ham's hairdresser, uh, wow. which um, I used to, which is my football team, by the way. <laughs> and I'll I tell you what, that was a story. And then, um, so I was doing their hair. I was doing hair for like Z-list celebrities and stuff like that. But at like 21, I think I was 21. So I was 22 when I moved here. So yeah, I was about from like 20, no, 19 to 20. I was doing like Z-list celebrity hair, like um, some singers and, but the West Ham team for me was the massive oh, one. Yeah. Being my team, yeah, I did this guy's hair and he was like, I've got, he's an Irish guy. He's like, I've got a few mates that might want you to do their hair. And I was like, yeah, all right, mate. I've heard that one before. We all have all yeah. heard that. And I'm like, yeah, there's my number. Anyway, he rings me back about three days later and he's like, oh, can you, um, can you come to this hotel? And I'm thinking, fucking shady, mate. I was like, it was in Canary Wolf. And I've, this lady's come down and met me. She took me up to this floor and she's knocked on this door and she just left me. And I was like, what the fuck's going on here? I look around, there's massage tables everywhere. I was like, what is going on here? And then who opens the door? Martin Noble, West Ham captain, my, my absolute hero. I have never shaked so much doing a haircut in my life. Like it was just like, oh wow and all the players are coming into his room sitting on the bed talking i'm thinking fucking hell like yeah. this is my dreams were made as a hairdresser right there yeah. and then i could have given up and i was happy i ended up going to their houses went to martin Noble's wedding did his hair there then i went to the training ground i had a kickabout of kevin nolan because he was there yeah. like these are big footballers that we would know and yeah proper chicken dance mate and um like he dropped me off i remember he dropped me off at brentwood um train station after I cut his, his and his family's there and he was like oh good luck with Australia mate and I was like fucking hell are these people and they got me tickets every week like it was just and when when they say don't meet your heroes that was a thing that I was yeah. like no I'm very happy I did that yeah, that was yeah. best one of the best things I've, I've ever done and then yeah I moved uh, I did the London Olympics 2012 went to the Westfield over that site Stratford then moved out here two weeks later wow. uh and then, yeah, I've uh, been out here since 2012, October. Yeah, so 10 years in October I've been here. And uh, yeah, it's been, that, that, that's that been a ride. Yeah, first my first job was Oscar Oscar. Went there for three months. Uh, and then I went to a place called Fruition under Craig Smith. Uh, they were in the city at the time, but then they moved into a Wilston, uh, which is a suburb in Brizzy. And I, yeah, and I didn't fancy the suburbs, to be honest. Yeah, like, it was just too much lycra, prams, and kids. And I was like, I've just gone from London to this, man. And I was like, this is too quiet for me. So I actually met KT, Christian Tognini, at Pig and Whistle uh, in the, in the, in the, uh, in the uh, city. He was watching Liverpool, I was watching West Ham. And his mate was there, Malfi Matthew. That's what I called him at that time. And uh, he was a Birmingham City fan. And uh, he started giving it large. And then Christian, uh, 
had a bit of an argument with him because he was doing my head in. So Christian's come over to mediate and I was like, who are you? Like, and then I started realising I actually recognise you and he recognised me. We'd seen each other at hair parties and stuff. And as you saw, we're pretty similar, like uh, football, lads, beer, whatever. So we was always around the same vicinity in these parties. Yeah. And I was going, he's going, are you a hairdresser? I said, yeah. He said, well, are you looking for a job? I said, yeah, I'll have a job with you. I was pissed at the time as well. I've never been offered a job in a pub toilet before anyway. And then uh, he was like, yeah, ring ring tomorrow and uh, we'll sort it out. So it's working out well with the move to Wilston with the other salon. So I went in, spoke to um, Benny and uh, he gave me like a four day trial. And uh, I said to him, I was like, I just cut it. Like that's that's my thing, like I don't colour. And he, they were wicked with that. Cause that's the thing, you specialise back at home, like the, one or the other. So, but over here it's very different. And so I went in, did four day trial. It was meant to be free. And then he said, can you come in tomorrow? And I'm thinking, mate, like, again, I've always worked for my money. I'm thinking, I'm fucking losing out of money here, mate. Like, I, know, I want the job, but you're taking the piss. <laughs> and I didn't care. Thing is, I didn't know who he was either. So for me, I'm just thinking some guy has just taken me for a bit of a rub. I'm like, and then, Anyway, so I did the fourth day and he went, yeah, you got a job, brilliant, like whatever. And then I went, oh, sweet. And he went, yeah, you had it on the third day, but I just wanted to see how far you were for the fourth. And I went, you fucking bastard. And like, and then I did, I had to do training with uh, Benny like every two weeks as, as uh, Togni's training or whatever, which they still do in the education stuff. And like, because I think what people see with me, they always see that I can do something a bit better. They try and push me. Even though I could probably, I, ne I, don't, I never half ask stuff, but I could always give a little bit more and it could even be better. So he saw that in me as well. And it, like, as every boss has seen in me, that they always try and push me a little bit more. But it used to push my buttons. Yeah. And there was times where like, I wouldn't get it quite right. But I'm looking across and I'm thinking, I've done it fucking 10 times better than her. <laughs> like, and that's a logical thing. That wasn't me being horrible. It was just like, fucking hell. It's like someone's got them ziggy zag scissors out over there. And I've done like as good as I can. And like there's times when I wanted to take me out of the car park. Like, and that was not even an exaggeration. There was times where it blew up. But I was very, but I come through that. And it's, it, it made me kind of what the hairdresser I was, I am today sort of thing, which I'm very happy and appreciative to him for. Um, so yeah, I've been there for 10 years. I've had so many ups and downs there. It's not even funny. I've had visa issues. Um, I got kicked out of the country for six months because a visa was done wrong. Uh, so that's the other thing. Like, it's my my life has been ups and downs, but I've still I'm still progressing. Even though I've been knocked down so many times, and everyone does, everyone gets knocked down. But each time, it's not. I, and the sort of person I am, and what people might think I am, I'd crumble. But I never do. And like when I got kicked out of the country for six months, I had to go back to my mum's, which I hadn't lived in her house since I was 15, 16 and basically sleep in a spare room on a single bed and I had a whole life back here and I had to sit there and watch Jeremy Cole for, for six months, mate. Because I couldn't work. I weren't allowed to work even for, for, so for six months. I was actually up for Rising Mail while I was at home. So I was getting FaceTimed it and I'm thinking, for fuck's sake, what is going on here? I've, got, I've built a whole life in Australia and now I've, I've had to come back here and put it on hold.
And then I, I ended up working the last four for about two months back with my old salon in London. My boss rang me. He was like, mate, do you want to come? You, you look bored. And I was like, yeah, sweet, thanks. So I got back. And then I was doing clients that I was washing their hair and stuff like that. And they was like, I can't believe you used to wash my hair. And da, 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 and, yeah. and now I'm cutting it. And I was probably doing a better job than some of the other stylists that did it. And I was like, how far I'd come. Because there was a big thing. There's a big thing in uh, UK where it's seniors, apprentices. And I kind of like that old school mentality because it's another sporting thing. It's like YTS scheme, which is like youth system. Like you have to see excellence to want to get to that in my eyes. So you have got to work harder to get there. And if you want to see at the table, as I, as I say, like where you get a little bit f more freedom and stuff like that, you need to do them extra yards to get there. And once you're there, sweet. Like, but you have to do the doggy work first. Um, and and I find that that's, that's a pet hate of mine at the moment. Like apprentices, and it's not it's not apprentices in just hairdressing. This is an overall thing in my eyes. It's an it's a now. I want it now. I see it now. I want it now. And like we're lucky enough where we're old enough and we might have a little bit of cash in the bank. So if we want them pair of trains, we can go and get them. Like we've worked hard, we deserve that, we can get that. And it's the same as apprentices, they work hard and they, uh, majority of them do, but you can't have everything now because you might not have the funds, you might not have the finances. All this influence of bullshit, it don't, does my fucking nothing. Like I, I was talking to a client the other day, she's a lawyer and um, so pretty decent job. And she had like a law clerk that was with her and she's left to to do influencing. She's now rolling around in a Porsche and a big house. But where's the substance in that? Like, how long does that last for? Where is that the plastic credit card? But I'll tell you what. On on these on these things, right? They think that they should have a shitstagram. That's what I call it, where you just show normal life. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't put like too much negative stuff because it's more for my family back home where they can see what I'm up to and stuff like that. But yeah, the apprentices, I think, I think deadlines are a good thing. Yeah. I think I'm definitely someone who had to work with structure. Like if someone said, get this done by this date, I'm getting it done by that date. But I do find with hairdressing uh, apprenticeships and tapes and stuff like that, what I've heard and spoke to, there's never, there's just sort of like, you do it when you do it. It's like, no, give these kids fucking dates where they know exactly what they need to do and when they need to do it by, because then they'll get through better. Yeah. But when you're just saying, ah, oh, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying, the, the sort of demographic hairdressers, hairdressers are, they're not, there's not many fucking rocket sciences in there, do you know what I mean? So, like, they see the end game. These, the, this demographic don't, and I certainly didn't. I was like, I want to know when I'm doing it and when it's going to be done, because I need to look, I need to move on to the next thing. I need to make more money. Yeah. So, how am I getting on the floor? I need to be earning what you're getting. I, so I feel sorry for him in a way as well. There's money in it. Yeah. Like, hang on. I need to stop fucking around you. Yeah. Um, like we we we've got kids 
like I call them kids. I shouldn't really, but like I, I say, I see them because um, that's. But and they, they go, oh, I've got six months left, and I haven't, I've, I haven't done my one length yet. Like for Tafer, I'm like, well, why the fuck not? Like, it, it baffles me. It really yeah. does. Like, why they, why have they not done it? Like, and why are they only realising six months to the end? Why has someone not gone right? You need to do this by that. Not saying that they haven't, because some yeah. there's some good teachers out there, and and, I, and that's fair enough. But there's a lot of people that would have just gone, no, you got six months, and you need to get it all done. Yeah. Well, why don't you give them? Why don't you start them as an interview and be like, right, this is where I see you there, the, and do little reviews like. But they don't do. I don't know if they do that, but I, I feel like you'd get them through a lot quicker yeah, in my I mean, eyes. Look, we know some people do, some people. Yeah. Just my fans. Yeah. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, I think it's very interesting. We get a lot of people like that we've taken over their apprentices and we're like, oh, I haven't seen my trainer in 18 months. And I was like, sorry? And they're like, yeah, I haven't seen my trainer. Like, I've never met my trainer before. What? And then we go out there for the first time and they're like, oh, well, oh what are you doing here? And it's like, Session. Yeah. And like, oh, all right, yeah. I've never met, and I'm like, holy fuck. So, anyway, this is a rabbit hole. I think. <laughs> right here, right? So I won't. Anyway, I don't want to bash people. Like, nah. What I'm about, but um, we're very confident in what we do. But um, but that, that's what I say in my classes. Like I, I do uh, the cutting education for De Lorenzo, which is an amazing company. I love working from. They're, they're sending me all around Australia doing what I wanted to do for so many years, but then I realized that I was at a level where I could do it. Like I worked for another reputable uh, company as well um, and wasn't given much of an opportunity really. Um, and then Di Lorenzo come along and it was just like, right, we, we want to do this with you. We want you here, we want you there. And I was like, wow. But when, I, when I'm teaching in my classes, I say it's not, it's, it's not the Bible way it's my way. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but this is how I do things. Yeah. And like what you say with the teachers, if that's how they do it, that's great. But can I have an opinion and say what I would do? Yeah, of course we can. Everyone's got one, do you know what I mean? So that, that's the way it should be. But like going back to Di Lorenzo, yeah, like they, they, they gave me one of the biggest opportunities this year that I've ever had. Like I've been on stage at Science International on a smaller stage with another great hairdresser, Sean Dawson. Um, very very great hairdresser very opinionated also west west ham fan but he like yeah i know we get around do you know what i mean come on you eyes and then um so i did that with him i done numerous hair expo ones brisbane hair expo like whatever but then this year d renzo gave me a, my big shot which was to headline my own show and i've never i've never wanted i've never expected anything and I think that's the good thing with me like if I want something I work for it or I never expect someone to give me something so when a big company like that they saw something in me that they was like we're going to chuck a budget at you and allow you to sort of like put your artistic flair on it and put your name and your picture as like the main thing of it with the amazing girls that I did it with as well I was like wow Mm -hmm. like it, it sort of restores your faith in big companies, I, I feel. 
Like, and I loved it. And I sat with them on the awards night. And even though I lost, like I had um, like people coming up to me saying, like, oh, I thought it was your year. You know what I mean? You're getting all that. And like Chris and Anthony um, and Megan, who basically are the, like my bosses for Di Lorenzo, they, they just, I don't think they realise how many people were coming up and actually liking me. Like, if that makes sense. And I'm talking like quite big people in, this, in, in the industry. And I think the respect that I had from them and the respect I was giving back to, like people were coming out who'd won it and, and I was going up to every single one of them because I, I near enough knew a lot of them. And I was like, well done. Like, and I think they liked that sort of appreciation of other people, which I gave. And I think, uh, and that then Chris said to me after, it was like, we're really happy with how you handled yourself over the weekend. Thank you so much for like, everything you've done for the company this weekend and I'm lucky on the two losses but it's so good to be there and I was thinking yeah it's exactly right but the one thing that I'll take away from what he said was the way I conducted myself over the weekend like I knew and I've been I've been on the bad side of things as well like where I don't see it as a, a hairdressing party I'll drink how I would normally how I used to drink say not anymore like that was old demons that I won't go even go into but like it's that was the biggest thing for me, was the conduct conduction of my behavior over the weekend. Yeah. And yeah, I'll never forget that. That was probably the best thing over the weekend that and I took. Well, they're a big Italian family, so I probably would have had to put Frank on for yeah, that, to be honest. I can't believe we, we must have put Frank on. I think we must have, mate. Memories must have. Blurry, um, anyway, last one. Go last on. Question. What's next for writing? Do you like that classic interview question? Yeah, yeah. As I said, James English earlier, I've listened to a great podcast, you should get involved. Um, but that's what he sort of ends on. Um, for me, what's next? I'm going to carry on with my Di Lorenzo contract. I'm actually shooting for HFAs on Friday. So I'm going for Queensland Hedges the year again. It's going to be my year. <laughs> um, fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed, eh? Uh, yeah, so I'm collabing with Holly um, Breen, colorist from Di Lorenzo, which would be great. And then I think my the big dream is to have my own space. I've always wanted my own salon. It's never been a it's never been a, a secret. I, th- I think if you get into this this world, to have your own space and to be able to call it yours and have your own stamp on yeah. a, a little part of someone's career, that that's always what I've wanted to do. I've always wanted to be a boss. I've always because I wanted, it's a test as well. So that's that's uh, definitely, I'd love to do that in the next like three to five years. I think that's definitely up there. I think my missus, uh, yeah, we'd have to speak about that obviously. Like she's, uh, she'd uh, be the, uh, she's very supportive um, in what I do. Very, more than I, I would have ever imagined. So I'm very happy with that. So something that I'd want to do, especially with the sport of her. Um, I just want to. Do you know what? Even though I said I'm used to losing, like I'm, I'm fine with that. Like I'm fine with losing. But fuck me, would I like to win one? Well, that's cool like, you, yeah, you know like, I mean? it yeah. Lovely. It's lovely to be up there. It's lovely to like see everyone over the weekend and catch up and blah blah. But fucking hell, I just want to have that time again when I in between 
the and the winner is and then hear my name again because I think I don't as I said I don't like I don't mind losing but I fucking love winning yeah. and that's football like I did a I did a boxing charity match um, in April which I won knocked him out second round happy days I also raised four and a half grand for Rise Up Charity which is a domestic violence charity for women which was wicked but I've always said I would I probably would have preferred to lose the awards than lose that boxing match. <laughs> so, so that's where I say it. Like hairdressing for me is not life or death. Like it's something that has given me a lot, um, and it will continue to do so as much as I put into it. And it's people like yourselves, like that, are doing these academies and like doing things for the, like the kids, as I call them. And I think that's amazing. So seeing people like yourself strive and. That's the other thing that I want to get out of hairdressing is seeing people do well and which people are. Yeah. And yeah, so the next thing for me is hopefully win win a competition, um, own my own shot within the next three to five years, keep making new friends like yourself and maybe one day I'll have that barbershop. I, you never know. And a football podcast. And a football podcast, yeah. You need to set me up with this stuff, my friend. Yeah. I'm clean. I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. No, no one, no one will. As I said, I'm a boxer, so I'll be around there. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, job. that's it. Um, all right, where can our lovely fans find you, my friend? What's your Instagram? Yeah, so my Instagram is Ryan King Haircutter. Very simple. Um, I'm sure he's going to put it on the thing underneath. Um, yeah, so that that's my Instagram. As I said, I'm a DiLorenzo educator as well, so I've got plenty of classes coming up. It, it's a, it's a. It's a real good gig for me and I love giving back in terms of education, which is great. If you want a haircut, I do many hairdressers as well. Cut their hair. Uh, I'm at Tognini's in Fortitude Valley. Um, and yeah, and if you want to see me play football, I'll play at Kangaroo Point Rovers and uh, come down for a beer. That's what I reckon, yeah. <laughs> yes, we'll have the shirt and everything, yeah. But one last, one last thing I'll quickly say, like this, this podcast has been a real eye opener for me. Like I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how this was going to roll or whatever. But as I said at the beginning, I'm just being myself. So whatever perception anyone had of me, it's either heightened or it's got lower. <laughs> so I'm pretty happy with that. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's one thing which I know I spoke to you about the hair festival. I always wanted to get you on because I think it's like I do like the fun factor. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, especially you being in education as well. I think it's and especially being so young as well. Um, even though I classify myself as being old as fuck. Yeah, we're you getting are, it, mate. You're, yeah. You're young, you know. What I mean? Yeah. That gives our students something to go. Well, shit, if he's doing that at that age. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That, you know. What yeah. I mean? So that's one thing which I was definitely trying to get across to people and be like. Especially, like what you said, you, you work with a brand like De Lorenzo, which is huge. Yeah, and they've had some great educators over the years, yeah. and still have. Yeah. So they've had Brad Narter, Paul Hibbard, like some like really good people. And then to have my name in the mix is just exactly. is pretty cool. So, and I, I always saw had like when you saw thought of a teacher, you think old. Exactly. But it's not old; it's experience. Exactly. So, even though we're so young, yeah. the amount of experience we've got. 
actually heightens what we do. Absolutely. So it's great, mate. So thanks for having me. Thank Can you we get very much for listening, guys. Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, wherever the hell it is. Give us a like, give us a follow. Give my man a follow as well. Come on. Um, follow his story and yeah, follow our football podcast. Yeah, it's really coming. Well. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to go for a beer now because I'm know, thirsty. Yeah, I'm going for a beer. Uh, it's a pub across the road, but we'll go to your spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. Thank you very much. Peace out. See ya. Yeah. Get out my way, I need space to get the fake up. Get out my way, I need space, I'm about to take off. Get out my